If you want more from Dee and her sister and partner in crime, Rhonda, check out Switchblade Sisters Social Club, a true crime podcast where two sisters exploit their worst fears for your entertainment. You're welcome. Welcome to We Knew the Moon. My name's Tracy and I'm here with Dee. Hi! <laughs> For those of you that haven't met us before, we are the co-host founders of WeKnewTheMoon.co.uk and you're listening to our second series of We Knew the Moon, where today Dee is going to guide us through, what's it called Dee, the moon? So I've called this episode The Moon and Our Bodies and I'm really excited. So I'm going to tell you about different theories about how the moon affects our different parts of our body and our behavior and so forth. That's a really interesting day. It's going to be good to know where and why this came from. Because for those of you that listen to our moon meditations, which are all on our website, we always talk about like, oh, it's full moon in Scorpio. Pay attention to this part of the body or that. Which part of the body for full moon in Scorpio? (laughs) Well, I can't remember, Day. Yeah, you, it's the anus and you remember <laughs> full <bottom>. well. <laughs> I'm going to talk about that as well, um, how different zodiac signs are linked to different parts of the body. And therefore, this is why we talk about focusing on them during um, the full moon in Scorpio or the new moon in Capricorn. So I will go through that. And it's also our final episode of the series, isn't it? Hasn't it gone quick? I know. It is our final episode. Because we are sad about that. We already have plans to do a special for Halloween. We do. We'll be talking about the Wheel of the Year. I also have a very sad announcement to make, which I was hoping you would say for me, Dee, but you're going to make me say it, aren't you? Do you want me to say it? Yes, please. (laughs) So sadly, well, no, it's not sad, but because... Luckily and fortunately, things are opening up again in the world. That means that Tracy's shop is back up and running in full, in person, as well as online. That's MissPrettyLondon.co.uk. And it's on Church Street in Twickenham, this gorgeous little shop. But yeah, that's up up and running and fully open now after... Oh, thanks for the plug, Day. Thank you. <laughs> but after, you know, over a year of uncertainty and closures and so forth. So Tracy is going to have to go back and sort of dedicate more time to her shop now, which means that she's going to have to step back a bit from We Knew the Moon. But I've made a promise that she'll be coming back for loads of guest spots And she and I have loads of plans of working together. For example, we're collaborating very closely on our subscription boxes. You know, as we mentioned, we've already got some bonus episode planned for Halloween and and she's going to come back. It's not goodbye, but it's a very, very sad moment. Farewell for now. I'm not going to disappear that easily. It's been a really hard decision. I'm, I'm really sad to be doing this because We Need the Moon means a lot to me. I've really enjoyed doing these podcasts with you, creating such an amazing company, brainstorming with you. And, like and it said, got us it through this lockdown, didn't it? All these lockdowns. It did. And it's not goodbye. It's just a farewell. I need to take a step back and focus on my other business and importantly, make sure that I have time for self-care, which we always talk about. 
and sadly running two businesses I was in a real danger zone of not having a day off and not having time for myself but we knew the moon is in the best hands possible and I know Dee's going to give it the justice and the time and the attention and the love and point it in the direction that it needs so watch this space because I know this company is really special and she's going to do amazing things with it here come the tears no, I'm going to cry again. Oh, no. And I just want to say that thank you so much, Dee, for letting me co-host this with you and be part of this with you. Because I remember the day when you said, I've got this amazing idea. I want to do this podcast on the moon. Want to join me? And I was like, yes. And it's been such an amazing opportunity and adventure. It's really built our friendship to be so strong Obviously, the format will change slightly. Uh, watch the space because there will be a season three and Tracy will be back because I'm not letting her leave me completely. <laughs> oh, thank you, Dee. Anyway, Dee. Oh, let's shake it all out because that was a lot. Really important reminder that it is super important to constantly be assessing your situation, your life situation, your work situation, and just making sure that things are working for you. It's just, I'm really proud of you for looking after yourself and doing what we always preach and <laughs> practicing, practicing what we preach. Yeah. Thank you, Dee. Thank you. So Dee, tell me about the moon, Scorpio, Correct. the anus, all this stuff uh, so Let me tell planned. you about Scorpio and the anus. Actually, that should be the title of this episode, Scorpio yes. and the anus. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So moon and our bodies. This one was so much fun to research. So basically, I just went through as many studies as I could find and understand, because some of them were quite sciencey, about the moon and how it affects us. I don't want you to get your hopes up because it felt like for every study that I found that proved that the moon affects us in this way, I found another study that showed that there was no impact. I didn't go deep enough into see like the credibility of each study and the number of uh, people, volunteers in the study, because you know some of the studies are really small how much weight do they actually hold? It's more of a pilot study. I just found it really interesting to see what kind of things people were even testing, right? Like what did they even think was worth a study? There is a long list of resources that I've used for this because obviously I'm quoting from a lot of different studies. I'll post them in the show notes. So I'm only going to mention them in passing. I'm not going to give long website addresses and so forth. So some of the things that people believe may or may not be affected by the moon are sleep, your behavior, your violent behavior, criminal behavior, mental health, menstrual cycles. All of these have been at some point associated with the moon or there's folklore around how they're affected by the moon or cultural anecdotes, urban myths, urban legends. I found a really lovely quote from Lauren Martin in her article, The Eight Moon Phases and How They Affect Your Body and Mind. This is about the moon. We crave its attention, its guidance, and its mystic properties. We do, don't we? I found out this interesting fact. I loved it. Ancient Romans and Greeks gave moon pendants to women to protect them from evil spirits. Wow. Lucky women though, right? I'd love a moon pendant that protect me from spirits and things. I wish I was dating an ancient Roman or an ancient Greek and they were buying me moon pendants. (laughs) There's also obviously a lot of debate about how much, because, you know, we're largely made out of water. So how much does the moon affect us because we're made of water? It affects the tides. So therefore, does it affect us as largely water beings? (laughs) 
Greek philosopher Aristotle and Roman historian Pliny the Elder suggested that the brain was the moistest organ. The moistest organ. <laughs> the moistest organ in the body and therefore the most susceptible to the perniculous influences of the moon. Oh, that is a fancy word. <laughs> I know. It did make me laugh. The moistest organ. <laughs> wow. And these are scientists, right? Uh, I mean, one Philosoph- philosopher, philosophers, an ancient Greek philosopher. Um, I mean, at this time, they were still believing in like bloodletting and the biles and the humors. So I don't know if we want to put too much weight on it, but I'm just trying to emphasize that like even since before the ancient Greek times, people were already debating the influence of the moon on the body. And 16th century physicians monitored moon phases when they were analyzing their patients. Yes. There's still a practice now where if you look on some certain websites and follow what the moon's doing, they say don't have surgery at this time, don't do this at this mm-hmm. time, all around the moon cycle. More of, more of that yeah. to follow. <laughs> I tried to divide up all these studies into sort of themes. So the first one I wanted to talk about was periods and childbirth. Oh, good day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Starting with on a light note. <laughs> the Greek word for moon is mene. And the Latin for month is mensis. So, you know, if you look at the origins of words, the root for the term menstruation is very much linked to the word, the the words for month and for moon. Have you ever used a period tracker called Clue? I know I have. No. It's a period tracker app, the easiest ones I've found to use. Um, But in 2016, they analyzed their data. So it's a period tracker app. So you put in when you have your period, when you don't, you put in your symptoms as well, if you want. So they analyzed the data from over 1.5 million users in order to determine whether there could be a correlation between lunar phases and the menstrual cycle. The study found no link between the lunar phases and the menstrual cycle. And the quote is from the scientist, Dr. Maria Vlaik-Wheeler. Looking at the data, we saw that period start dates fall randomly throughout the month, regardless of the lunar phase. This is so sciencey, right? This is typical sciencey. And don't get me wrong, I love, we love science. Mm -hmm. We love data. Dee loves the spreadsheet. I did A-level science. And I do love when, you know, things, facts, and theories and things all linked together to create. We always say our sweet spot is when the science and the woo-woo meet, right? But I do think in this instance, it's not the data that links the moon to the menstrual cycle. It's the symbology that it represents. Yeah. And if you look at moonstone, moon, feminine energy, that thing of like time is not linear, it's a circle. And the women's cycle and life is a circle. Our menstrual cycles are circles. And the moon phases are circles. And it's that concept of time, feminine energy, balance, flow, and which links the moon to that theory and And I find that way of thinking about it so beneficial because when you think of time as going in these cycles Mm. if you're having a down day you know that's because you're just on the low part of the cycle and you will go back up again it Mm. just feels less permanent it will pass 
it yeah, will pass. It. it will pass. But like I said, for every study I found that proved one thing or disproved one thing, I found another one that said the opposite. So Chinese researchers discovered that almost 30% of all women monitored ovulated at the full moon and menstruated during the new moon. In some cultures, there's even a name for this phenomenon called the white moon cycle, which essentially mirrors the fertility of the earth and which is said to be the most fertile under full moonlight. So basically, 30% of women are menstruating during the new moon. I know 30% doesn't sound like a majority, but when you think that there's like eight phases of the moon and 30% of people are starting on the new moon... I remember an article that I read once upon a time, which I couldn't find for this episode, about how the majority of women do menstruate during the new moon, and that the women that menstruate during a full moon are known to be the healers and the wise women. And they looked at why this was the attitude towards these women that menstruated during the full moon. And it's because they were the ones that were feeling great. They were in their high fertility season when everyone else was menstruating. So they would quite often look after the majority of the women who were menstruating at the same time. So that's why they got to be such good healers and carers and the wise women. Oh, I hope they got support when it was their time from the whole group though, when it flipped over. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I hope it was returned. So if you have your period during a new moon, you have a white moon cycle. So I thought that was really interesting. That's a nice name. And then I was reading an article about the ways that the moon might affect your health and found some notes on a study in 2011 in the journal Acta Obstetricia e Gynecologia Scandinavica. Wow, you have been studying up, haven't you, Dee? That's quite a mouthful. I was going to say, I'm sure I've said every single one of those words wrong, but it looks like something about obstetrics and gynecology in Scandinavia. They tracked the menstrual cycles of 826 women aged between 16 and 25. So that's quite a large study. Nearly 30% of the women had their period around the full moon. So almost exact opposite figures of the, the Chinese study. The next biggest grouping of women menstruating, I nearly said masturbating. <laughs> the next biggest group of women menstruating during a certain phase of the moon was just 12.5% of the participants. 30% had their periods around the full moon and 12.5% was the next largest group in the next phase. To do with different areas of the world? I was going to say, is I'm guessing this is a Scandinavian study if it's in the Scandinavian journal and the other one was Chinese. So maybe there is something about the... They need us on board to point that out that they're in different areas. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe there's something else affecting these studies. Italian and Japanese researchers found that more babies are born on or just after a full moon. Are they? So again, these are two different geographical locations as well. Little full moon babies. And again, I don't know what data they were looking at, you know, how long they were looking at, what size the sample was, but that I found really interesting. And then in 2005, there was a study in Nepal, a small study, indicating that women whose ovulation phase coincided with the full moon, so that means they're fertile during the full moon, and normally means they're menstruating during the new moon, and who got pregnant during the full moon, were more likely to give birth to male babies. Those who conceived before the full moon were more likely to give birth to female babies. Wow. That was by a woman called Maria Kohat, and it was an article in Medical News Today, Can the Moon Really Influence Your Health? 
how do they find people that, so they've got to specifically find women who are ovulating during their full moon, who have got pregnant and then assess whether they had male or female babies and when they conceived basically unfortunately in this world <laughs> i mean you talked about your app i'm pretty sure there's masses of data on all of our yeah. stuff it's probably easy to put in a computer and find that but it's interesting that they've gone down that route of looking into it and i think there's probably more to learn on that yeah just the fact that you've got all these studies on the effect of the moon i find fascinating you know that they're even looking into these topics is super interesting isn't it well, you were talking earlier about surgery and performing surgery at different times of different phases of the moon. Some doctors refuse to operate on nights when the moon is full. Quite a lot of people think this is heart related, that our blood and our heart operates differently in a full moon and it makes it um, more likely you'll bleed out or have complications during the surgery. A 2009 study published in the Journal of Anesthesiology proved that the phases of the moon, though, had no effect on heart-related surgery. And after tracking results of operations performed at Cleveland Clinic between 1993 and 2006, they found no correlation between the time or day of surgery and its success. And their little side note, which I would probably agree with as well, it's better to get a good doctor than to worry about the phase of the moon. I was going to say, though, is this recommended at a different time because it's the doctor? That, <laughs> you know how we all go at full moon. We're all dreamy, distracted. I set my microwave on fire last full moon. Like, There's all sorts going on. How can you imagine having a doctor that's mentally maybe not 100% focused? Yeah. That could be why. The debate is whether or not the moon affects the heart and the blood flow. And that's why it might, in theory, potentially affect surgical outcomes. There was a study in the Indian Journal of Basic and Applied Medical Research that found that when exercising, your heart is at its peak performance during full and new moon. Wow. Other studies by British scientists revealed that the full moon may actually decrease seizure activity in epileptics. Decrease so, it? Yeah. So, but some of the researchers suggest that maybe it's more because the full moon is brighter the nights are brighter, there's more light, and that might be what's actually affecting the seizures. When the moon was bright, participants had fewer epileptic seizures. They mm. attribute this to the hormone melatonin, which is naturally secreted in the brain when the sun goes down, hence signaling it's time to sleep. In epileptics, they summarize, the brightness of the full moon counters this release, thus decreasing seizures. We also hear from our Facebook fans and our followers all the time that there's complaints of headaches and migraines around the time of the full moon. Yes. Some yeah, people, a lot of people say this, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I definitely get like cotton wool head, you know, where I just find mm. it a bit harder to sort of focus. So brain fog, isn't it? Brain fog, brain. exactly. So some people argue that there's no scientific correlation for this. But others argue that the correlation is actually because, again, the full moon disrupts your sleep because it's lighter, it's brighter, which in turn disrupts your hormone levels, thus triggering headaches. But then there's other further arguments. Again, we're like, yes, no, yes, no, this whole way through. There's further arguments to say that in most of our cultures that we're living in, the brightness of the moon at night does not affect our sleep in the way that it used to because we have electricity the rest of the night. You know, we have street lamps and we have lighting in our house and we have blackout blinds <laughs> at night. So yeah. 
I would argue that within my house and my bedroom, the lighting stays the same throughout the moon phases because I either have the lights on or I have the blackout blind shut. So yeah, it's a difficult one because, you know, back in the day, we were much more guided by the length of the day and the the light of the moon because it enabled us to do more things. I like that they think it's a valid enough thing to even study. Yeah. Because, you know, think back in the day when fire was considered magic because they didn't understand the scientific processes behind creating a fire. So mm. it was seen as this magical thing. And, and doctors learned- were considered witches, like the wise exactly. women were seen as witches. The more we understand it, the more we understand that there's like logic behind it. There's scientific processes and things that cause this to happen. So I kind of feel like this is true of a lot of the spiritual stuff that we just don't understand it yet. We may one day develop the knowledge to understand it, or maybe it's just too big for us to fully understand it. So I just love that these scientists are just spending so much time researching the moon. I almost don't even care what they come up with. (laughs) They're acknowledging it, aren't they? Yeah, they're saying it's something and it's driving them a little bit crazy trying to figure out why. But then I also remember reading a study about how ostriches can't see the color blue. And I thought, wow, scientists will research anything, won't they? Because like, what difference could it possibly make in the world whether ostriches see blue or not you know yeah so got a couple other areas that people have researched different body parts and illnesses that people have looked at 2011 a study was published in the journal of urology and it found that kidney stone pain increased significantly during a full moon like you remember from your science classes if you say that something If a study proves something significantly, it means that it's almost without a question. That means that it's a very, very strong correlation. So in another study, English researchers found that generally more patients were admitted to hospital with urological emergencies during this time too. Conversely, the new moon caused a calming effect for people with these conditions. Wow. These studies have probably gone into why, but I didn't delve that deep because I get scared by medical journals. So (laughs) also, this is a fun one. Well, not if you're afflicted by it, but gout, gout attacks peak during the full moon because of the changing geomagnetic fields. There's a why. Oh, wow. There's a new consideration. The moon exerts a pull on the water within the body resulting in a cascade of effects, including the shifting of internal body rhythms. The pineal gland, which a lot of spiritual people are very familiar with because they talk about it a lot, is also directly affected by the moon's light and the slightly warmer temperature caused by the full moon. The pineal gland, also known as the third eye, is a small endocrine gland in the vertebrate brain. It (gasps) produces the serotonin... Stop right there, D. So the third eye is actually a gland. It's not, I know it's a chakra and like a crossroads or spinning disc, you know, this thing we talk about, but it's actually in science and there is a gland there. A gland. There is a gland. I'll give you that. There is a gland also known as the third eye. Wow. So this is why it comes up a lot in the spiritual groups and everything, <sighs> looking after your pineal glands, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a small endocrine gland in the vertebrate brain. It produces a serotonin derivative melatonin, which we talked about with the epilepsy, a hormone that affects the modulation of wake sleep patterns and seasonal functions. Melatonin comes up when you look at so many different illnesses and conditions. 
Melatonin is one of the key players with ADHD, gout. We talked about it with the epilepsy. So there are links being found between the moon and your melatonin levels. This comes from an article from the Farmer's Almanac, Seven Ways the Moon May Affect Your Health. The full moon has a small gravitational unbalancing effect on pathogens, which results in your body being slightly more toxic during a full moon. Oh my. <laughs> I don't know. Toxic this is ruining full moon for me. So there's the debate, ongoing debate about whether it's the full moon that actually causes the effect or whether it's the light caused by the full moon that causes the effect. What do you reckon, though, Dee? Is anything standing out to you in this? Are you thinking, yeah, that's why? I wouldn't be surprised if it's a bit of both. You know, when I look out the window at night, I'm scared of the dark. I am quite open about that. Um, So when I look out at night, if I look out my window, if I have to go out at night and I see a full moon, I feel comforted. I'm definitely happier as a result. So whether that's because it's a full moon or because there's more light from the full moon, who knows, right? It could be a combination of the two. So I looked then at sleep and the moon. And this is another common one that I get a lot of people messaging me saying, is it full moon because I can't sleep or what's going on with this moon? My sleep pattern's really disturbed. Exactly. And so there's a lot of debate again, is your sleep disrupted because it's a full moon or because there's excess light at the time of a full moon? It's a noticeable difference in the light amount when there's a full moon compared to when there's a new moon. It's not an insignificant amount of light that we're talking about here. So this idea... that super moon? Do you remember the super moon? So a super moon is about 14% bigger than... Appears 14% bigger than a normal moon. So that's, you know... I guess 14% extra light. (laughs) This idea that the full moon may result in poor sleep is a constant and consistent theme, but the scientific evidence is on the fence. So a study in 2013 conducted with 33 volunteers. So again, 33. It's not that many, is it? Yeah. Some of these, I feel like they're more like pilot studies, like the little pre-study that you do before you do your main one. Maybe they're not, but that's what it feels like to me. Because 33 is such a small amount. So 2013, there's a study with 33 volunteers, and they said that it took them an average of five minutes longer to fall asleep during a full moon. They also spent 30% less time in deep sleep during a full moon. Yeah. That is a huge amount of less time. So when, you know, that definitely supports all the people who complain about struggling to sleep during a full moon. I'd say the five minute longer to fall asleep is less of a deal than the 30% less time in a deep sleep. That's what's going to fuck you up, right? Mm, Yeah, it's not getting your REMs, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. They had a little PS on the study. Did they have a little cheeky side (laughs) note? Well, a little follow-up to this statement was that for anyone thinking, oh, well, again, it might be the light caused by the full moon that's affecting the sleep. This study was done in a lab. So the light was regulated each night of the study. The light was not influenced by the moon. I don't know about you, but when I go on holiday or if I'm in a different place, that really affects my sleep. Even not having the same bed and pillows, putting these poor people in a bed and say, right, we're going to plug you in. We're going to monitor your sleep. Now sleep. I mean, of course, it's going to take five minutes longer. It's a miracle. It's only five minutes. You know, the unsettled thing of being in a lab, being told to sleep and you're going to be monitored. Is that a fair test? 
I remember a game show where one of the tasks, one of the contestants, they hooked them up to um, whatever kind of monitors and they told him that he could win X amount of money if he managed to fall asleep. So then they left him. He was on the stage. There's a live audience and he's just in the corner of the stage and he had like however much time to try to fall asleep, but on stage in front of a live audience. And I can't remember if he did it or not, but it, it feels like that. You're put in such a weird situation that, yeah. yeah, that might be reason enough to affect their sleep. So who knows? But I don't know how long they did the study. Did they make people move into the lab and get their sleep back to normal before they started actually testing them? Who knows? Like these lie detector death tests as well. Like yeah. being plugged into a machine and having to prove that you've not been cheating on your partner for Jeremy Kyle is like a whole lot of pressure, isn't there? And it's like, are you lying? And you're plugged into this thing. Like, of course your heart rate. I feel bad for those people that got a positive result because I just think, well... No, don't feel too bad because apparently it's a different way to... Ch- I, I'm not an expert on this at all, as you can imagine. Um, but I've just watched enough daytime shows to know <laughs> that <laughs> the effect of being nervous is different than the effect of lying and being untruthful. Oh, really? Yeah, so it doesn't matter how nervous you are. I just feel like even if I was telling the truth, I'd feel like I was lying. So I'd just give off a result of lying, even though I was telling the truth, because you try so hard to make sure the result's accurate. I don't know. I mean, I guess they say these things aren't 100% anyway. It's it's really clever what they do. Don't get me wrong. It just fascinates me. And let me let me tell you my my theory about lie detector tests in relationships. If you're ever in a situation where your partner has to take you on for a lie detector test, you should just break up because at that point you guys are fucked anyway, right? Did so, you see in the news this week? Did you see about the woman that for Father's Day her partner got a card from this kid and she went crazy, like she smashed his computer up, she ripped up all his things like this is your love child how dare you like you've been having an affair blah 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 blah. and it turned out that funky pigeon had messed up the order (laughs) (laughs) they had to send a letter of apology it was in the newspaper it made me laugh so much but you're right d like the very fact that she went straight to that theory of well he's had a love child and i've got this father's day card for him and all of this like What's going on in your relationship there? Because I'm pretty sure if Michael got that, don't get me wrong, I'd be devastated. But I kind of review all the other situations. You'd at least think, is there another... Do you know what? My my mind, if, if Paul ever got a card like that, I would think, oh, right, one of his friends is playing a practical joke. Exactly. You have right? the reason. Yeah. But no, but, this poor guy, they've made a mistake. They had to write an apology. And, um, I hope they bought him a new yeah. computer. <laughs> anyway oh dear I have no idea how we got onto that but that was thoroughly entertaining okay so going on to mental health I guess that's a a somewhat good segue into mental health there's a lot of studies on mental health and the moon I mean lunacy the word lunacy lunatic they come from the derivative of luna loon so Mm. um you know it was literally believed that they were intensely related before In 1985, again, going back a little bit, there was a study that concluded that there was no connection between the moon and incidents such as crimes, suicides, mental hospital um, admissions. But 
there are constant anecdotal reports of people having to put on more staff on birthing wards, in police stations, Mm. in asylums, on these full moon nights, because there is an increase in activity. So despite the lack of conclusive scientific evidence, there's a popular link between the full moon and extreme behavior. So in 2007, for example, Brighton police announced that they would be putting more officers on duty during full moons to counter an apparent increase in the number of violent incidents. Wow. Sometimes people are really chilled out under full moon. Yeah, it's dreamy. It's lovely. Like I'm going to do my spell work, my rituals, my release, have a moon bath. And some people choose to fight it or argue with it or get stressed by it. Sometimes working in tandem with the lunar phases is a luxury because sometimes you can't relax and have your moon bath and and take it easy around a full moon because life won't let you maybe you've got a job that's hectic around that time maybe you are that ambulance driver or that police officer and if you're also struggling from lack of sleep because of the full moon it's affecting your hormones you're getting headaches and if you have any other underlying conditions mental health issues or so forth you can see how it might all start sort of causing upset yeah yeah and and unsettling you so it's good that people are looking at how they can be more supportive during these times you know getting more staff on at hospitals and so forth if they know there's this correlation of people are struggling more during this time 2011 there was a study published in the world journal of surgery and it found that over 40 percent of medical personnel believe in full moon madness amongst patients It was also revealed that emergency calls for all sorts of conditions actually increase by 3% whenever there's a full moon and then drops by 6% during a new moon. So between new moon and full moon, there's 9% difference in terms of the number of calls, call outs and so forth. That was from the farmer's almanac again. That's quite a difference. And for 40% of medical personnel to believe that there is that it influences people's mental health. They call it the very unflattering full moon madness, but... (laughs) Seeing is believing. So then there's another study in 2009 that suggested that psychiatric facilities admitted more people during the full moon than usual. This was a small study which looked at the records of 91 patients, and quoting, with violent and acute behavioral disturbances, and found that 23% of all admissions took place during the full moon. Wow. Compared to any of the other eight phases of the moon. So again, it's a small study, but really interesting that people are even thinking to look at this sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Um, This was, so 23% doesn't sound like a majority, but remember it's divided up between the eight phases. And this was approximately double the number for any of the other lunar phases. Mm. So definitely warrants a second look at the very least. Something in it isn't the day. I'm convinced. (laughs) Exactly. However, there's other research that's contradicted this idea that the full moon makes people more likely to harm themselves or others. There's a study published in the journal Psychiatry in 1998. Again, I'm feeling like some of these are quite old studies and that they might have been superseded by a a newer study with more information. But they found in 1998 that there's no significant relationship. And also... (laughs) Researchers in Switzerland and the United States in 2019, so again, more recent, they analyzed the data of nearly 18,000 individuals. So that's They chose more people this time. Yes, larger than the 33 people that we were talking about earlier. 
So nearly 18,000, 17,966 individuals, to be precise, treated in 15 different psychiatric wards over 10 years. So again, over a long period of time. This study also found no evidence of a rise in aggression during the full moon phase. So they were specifically looking at aggression in patients in psychiatric wards. That was a Medical News Today article. So then I had the pleasure of looking at injuries. <laughs> full moon, moon injuries. injuries. <laughs> moon injuries. Which I can imagine there's quite a few of because of the distraction. Like we say, look out where you put your remote control. It probably end up in the fridge or you walk into a room and forget what you want and you're doing your accounts and they're just not adding up. Like that's full moon, right? That's so I totally can imagine there's going to be a lot of accidents. And you always said you get n- nervous crossing the road at full oh, moon. Oh my stuff, goodness. Yeah. And Michael, who is very sciencey, sort of needs to know why has it been proven? He'll love this episode, by the way, with all these stats. And um, even he's like really careful with his driving on full moon now because he notices the difference. Yeah. People are just a bit more not, not, 100% with you, are they? On a well, I found a very interesting study specifically on motorists and motorcyclists. So. Have you? Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a large study again, over 13,000 motorcyclists. So this study looked at these 13,000 motorcyclists killed in nighttime crashes. So sorry, quite depressing. Oh no, it's a sad one. I know. But they found that 53 more fatalities happened on nights with a full moon compared to other nights. The authors of this study, the scientists behind the study, they speculated that the increase might be due to the visual distractions created by the moon. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say, was it because they were looking at the moon that they had an accident? We've all been guilty of being like, oh, getting distracted while we're driving. So you see this gorgeous moon and you actually want to look at it. So that is a potential cause of the accidents. No, Dee. Tell your scientists now. When I cross the road and they skip the red light, the moon is not in front of them. It's somewhere else. Like there's no way they're looking at the moon and not watching where they're going. This is a contributing factor, especially when the moon is near the horizon or it appears abruptly behind trees or around turns. Oh, I so see. So like shocks you. Well, surprise, beautiful moon. This one's quite a fun one nothing to do with injuries, but several studies have argued that the stock market's average returns are much higher during the half of the month closest to the new moon, two weeks around the new moon, the stock market average returns are highest as opposed to the two weeks around the full moon. Which matches what we say, right? New moon is go get in, getting all of your stuff done, getting all your goals achieved. It's the mood, like you said, and we have this really go-getty positive attitude during the new mm. moon and we slow down a little bit during the full moon. So that's what's influencing it. One of the main arguments against the effect of the moon on us as human beings is that the gravitational effect of the moon are too minuscule to generate any meaningful effect on the brain activity, or as we now call it, our moistest organ. <laughs> How dare they do? How dare they such, say such things about our moon, huh? Let alone our behavior. So the late astronomer George Abel of the University of, University of California, Los Angeles, noted, a mosquito sitting on our arm exerts a more powerful gravitational pull on us than the moon does. Fucking mosquitoes influence my brain activity and my behavior a hell of a lot. <laughs> so I don't know what he's trying to argue here. <laughs> oh, 
Well, <coughs> you have to look what it does to the river, tides and the sea. I disagree with that, but I don't want to argue with scientists because I feel like they probably know more about this stuff than me. But I have to defend our moon and I would say that it does have an effect on us. Some people are more sensitive than others, definitely. Well, this astronomer says also the moon's gravitational force affects only open bodies of water. So it only affects open bodies of water like oceans, lakes, rivers but not contained sources of water, such as the human brain and the human body. So that's his argument. So it's almost like we've got this padding of our skin and bones that stop the moon's gravitational pull having effect on the water in our bodies and in our brain. But then also his third argument was that the effect of the moon would be just as potent during new moons as full moons because the moon's still doing the same thing we're just not seeing the reflection of the sun during the new moon but we would argue that we are affected by the new moons as well so again i don't know how much this goes to prove or disprove what we are trying to argue that the moon does affect us again there was another study here this one is really interesting in 1982 another traffic accident accident study where Accidents were more frequent on a full moon night than any other night, but there was a sort of variable that they didn't take into consideration when doing the study. And that was that during this time period when they did the study, the full moons fell more commonly on weekends when more people drive, when more people probably drink, when therefore more people probably drink and drive. They also (laughs) fall around payday as well for most people. They're going out longer. They might be driving tired, et cetera, et cetera. Apparently, when the authors reanalyzed their data and eliminated this confounding factor, the lunar effect vanished. So they kind of disproved themselves. And so then, you know, we talk a lot about natural light versus the invention of electricity, just the invention of electricity and how far it pulled us away from the natural cycles of the earth and of the seasons, because it doesn't matter whether it's summer or winter anymore. We can still stay up the same amount of time because we have electricity in our houses. We've got light. Again, we live in houses that have blackout blinds and so forth. So it doesn't matter what time the sun's rising or whether it's a full moon or a new moon. Psychiatrist Charles L. Raisin from Emory University and several of his colleagues, they looked at the effect of the moon and he believed that the advent of outdoor lighting in modern times The bright lights of the full moon deprived people who were living outside, including many who had severe mental disorders, of sleep. So because we've got street lights and so forth, people that live outside, so I'm presuming here he's talking mainly about people who are homeless and there's a high instance of mental illness amongst those that are living on the streets. And this sleep deprivation often triggered erratic behavior in people with psychological conditions. So if you've already got underlining mental health issues and you are then also deprived of sleep because you live outdoors and not just because of the full moon or the new moon or whatever, but because of street lighting, you know, and sleep deprivation is a form of torture. This reminds me of, um, so we live in Twickenham. That's no big announcement. And they, Richmond, are replacing all of our streetlights. I don't think it's happened to you yet on your road, D, But on our road, we've had these new modern LED 
street lights installed and we're right opposite a park so they put them they've got a remote control and they can do this brightness it's all very fancy very clever they look very smart they were installed a few months back and it's caused people getting upset by them including me they upset me I didn't like the change of having this bright light in my living room because the lightness of them was bright luminous white and the old lights are more of a softer yellow they're on the highest setting send them to my road and they can see the difference <laughs> yeah but, well we won't give your full address on no, this podcast but. but if you know me you know where I live come and have a look <laughs> at my fancy new street lights see why they're upsetting everyone there's something in it for sure know. and like how we have um you know special SAD lights that are yeah. to mimic the sunlight and they are somehow different to a normal light bulb I don't know how or why but they are nature um, knows I'm going to move on to the thing that you've been waiting for, and that is the Scorpio and the anus. Here we go. Saving so, the best bit till last, Katie. Yeah, I thought we'd end on a lighter note because there's quite <laughs> a lot of stats and sciencey stuff. Not that much science because I didn't go that deep into it. But we always talk, as you said, about the affected organs in each full moon and each new moon, depending on what zodiac sign that new moon or that full moon falls in. So I wanted to talk a little bit more about the link between the zodiac signs and specific body parts and why that have you found out why well not so much the why but just the what where it came from (laughs) yeah a lot of this came from a wellandgood.com article called each sign is connected to a part of your anatomy by mary grace garris and then another article called the zodiac and as it is related to the body by molly hall and a few other articles. Another- How many books have you read for this episode? <laughs> I did a lot of research, but these are mainly sort of on- online website articles and so forth. The book um, collection increased dramatically. Yeah. <laughs> There's another article on EliteDaily.com by Rosie Baker that I also looked at. And she started off with a really interesting quote that I absolutely love. Astrology is used mainly as a creative tool for self-discovery, which is kind of what you're saying. It almost doesn't even matter the science behind it. If these theories, if these beliefs, if these thoughts about the moon and its impact and the zodiac signs, if they cause you to stop and look at yourself and focus on yourself and do a bit of self-discovery about whether you're like this, when, you know, what is your mood like? How is your sleep pattern going, et cetera, et cetera. That is one of the key tools. One of the main aims of astrology is to help you be more self-aware I love that idea, Dee. Right? I think that's exactly it, yeah. I'm going to ask you a question now, Tracy. What do you think that the ancient Greek word iatromathematics is a study of? Oh, that's fancy, isn't it? I have no idea. Shall I guess? Shall I guess and pretend I know? Yeah, go on. I can edit it so it looks like you answer correctly. (laughs) I think it is the study of of how the body links to astrology you're not wrong it is the study of medical astrology medical astrology never knew there was such a thing I know right so I mean that's the ancient Greek word for it I don't know whether it's necessarily a study that still persists today but here's what I found from this combination of different articles. So Aries is very much linked to the head. And this is the idea, according to Mary Grace Garris, that they think with their horns first and worry about the rest later. <laughs> think with their horns first. 
<laughs> which just made me laugh because I do quite often think with my horn. <laughs> Aries are quite often prone to migraines because it's all head related. So this is an interesting tip that I immediately told Paul, give them head massages to make them do what you want. <laughs> Again, would you agree? hundred percent. This is why I was, I told Paul, if we're ever having an argument or you ever want to sort of manipulate my mood or my answer to a question, then give me a head massage. One way to calm this fire sign that's all about being up in the head is meditation. They get quite a lot of, <laughs> we get quite a lot of mental stress due to the nonstop lifestyle. So it's definitely an Aries thing, staying busy all the time and so forth. So Taurus, which is you, <laughs> it's the neck and shoulders. And again, a lot of this is not scientifically proven, but <laughs> Taurians are known to have great upper body strength. <laughs> is this true? Oh, really? I don't know. I'll find out and let you know. But they say you can tell a Taurian by their stocky neck and shoulders, that ball sort of well, look. My next sentence is, long or thick neck <laughs> yes like a bull would you agree I would say you definitely have a long neck yes it definitely when you're doing <laughs> Tracy if you could see her now desperate not to have a thick neck <laughs> but you don't you definitely have a long neck if things aren't right with the Taurus then you will notice them slumping their shoulders and they will have neck pain Oh, I do that a lot. So Gemini, which is very much an air sign. So a lot about communication and so forth. So it won't be surprising that the related body parts are the throat, the lungs, the breath, the nervous system, shoulders, hands, and arms. So where the shoulders, hands, Hang and arms a come in. Gemini got a lot of stuff there, I know, didn't I? But I actually think that's an advantage because like, it just means there's more chance of things going weird with those body parts for them. So mm -hmm. let's, let them have all of those. They can have um, those. Worry about, yeah. So the first ones are to do with the communication, the air elements and so forth. And then the shoulders, hands, and arms, that's because of the duality of Gemini. They're twins. There's two of them. Same as you have two shoulders, two hands, two arms, etc. Oh, that's nice. I like that. Yeah. Gemini are prone to carpal tunnel, anxiety, and breathing issues. And again, they need to keep busy or they start worrying. So, you know, Paul being a Gemini, I 100% will agree that this is him. He is constantly like literally bouncing off the walls. And if I try to get him to sit down and just chill because it messes with my fucking chi, um, <laughs> his anxiety settles in. So... Definitely would agree with that. I think you find your solution that he can just massage your head. Yeah. He's doing something. You're looking You're for something to do? Massage. massage. Yeah. <laughs> so cancer is midsection, the chest, the stomach, the womb, and the breasts. So that is because cancer is guided by its ruling planetary body is the moon. So it's the maternal feminine energy of the moon. They can have weight and digestion issues, which makes me wonder if I have a lot of cancer in my, <laughs> in my birth chart. Um, oh. this, this made me laugh. Quite often they have big boobs or pecs. <laughs> yes, I've heard this before, actually. Again, that's probably linked to the feminine energy. And this made me laugh. And don't ask me why, because that's always your next question. But they are comfortable farting around others. Really? <laughs> The next time someone does that, you go, oh, you're born in July, are you? You're That's cancer. why. That's yeah. going to be my witty response next time <laughs> someone farts around me. What are you, a cancer? <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, well, to be honest, next time I meet someone who's a cancer sign, I'm going to ask them about their attitude towards farting around others because (laughs) I'm really interested in doing my own study on this now. (laughs) So Leo is linked to the heart and the upper back. They are known to be like open hearted and have a strong backbone, i.e. being brave like a lion. If Leo does not follow passion and no joy, there can be heart disease, says Molly Hall in her article. Wow. Virgo is linked to the abdomen and the digestive system. This ah, sign, this sign this is my moon sign, right? So, is it? Right. So yeah. we all know about you and me and the stress shits. Um, yep. This sign can allow anxiety to fester, causing digestive issues. Interesting, say. Very interesting. And I've put in my notes, i.e. the stress shits. DJ. Yep. And this sign is the most health conscious sign. Oh, no, I wouldn't agree with that. Not at all. Not for me anyway. Well. But then I guess Virgo, yeah, they they, um, analyse everything. You know, it's practical. So maybe a little bit more. You do read a lot about, you know, health-related things, don't you? Probably do a bit more than I give myself credit for. But, yeah, I wouldn't say I would ever diet or anything like that. So the Libra is uh, linked to the kidneys, lower back, and the butt. And they are known, the butt is the Libra element. They are known to have good skin. Oh, lucky Libras. We need more Libras in our life, Dee. How do we find them? If you're a Libra, please come and say hello to us. Like, drop us a line, say hi on socials, and tell us if you have good skin as well. We've got a lot Um, of Libra envy. I have always said that my favourite ex-boyfriend was a Libra. I bet he was lovely, wasn't he? Good skin. Good and butt. a good butt. Yep. There you go. So, um, Scorpio, this is what the moment we've been waiting for. Scorpio. The anus and the reproductive organs and the hips. So this is because the Scorpio is a really sexy sign. So anything in that sort of region. You can't see this right now, everyone, but Dee's doing a sort of sexy dance with sexy her neck, dance. like a little twizzle. Yeah. It was really not sexy, but I, <laughs> I um, thought it was. <laughs> so it's a sexy sign because, you know, it's got that sort of secretive mystical element, doesn't yeah. it? Scorpio is harshly thought of as a cold, mean sign, but it's actually just that it's got a bit of a hard shell like a scorpion. And once you get in there, it's a wealth of passion and emotion, isn't mm, it? Very silent and seductive. And- exactly. Slightly so, annoying because you're like, what's going on with you? Like, what's let going me on know. With you, exactly. So, of course, this is a sign in charge with the genitals and all the related organs. Scorpios have a high sex drive. Wow. Do you know many Scorpios, Dee? I was just going to say my mom is a Scorpio, so I don't like to think about oh, this no. too much in relation to her. So, anyways, moving Move on. on. Sagittarius, thighs and legs. So Sagittarius, thighs and legs, you know, Sagittarius is that kind of half man, half um, deer. We know that they're the adventurer. They love the great outdoors. So basically, they're always on the move. And we've got here that they are very likely to have beautiful legs. Are they? I love the idea though that Sagittarius, the adventure that likes to go out and do stuff, then their body part is legs, which takes them to places. Exactly. Perfect sense, day. Right. All makes sense when you think about it. Capricorn, bones and joints. 
So they are linked to the skeletal system and the teeth. So they are nice. to have good teeth. Nice. So Aquarius is the shins, calves, and ankles. Now this is my moon sign, so I found this interesting. It is really important if you're Aquarius to do your stretching because you have troublesome Achilles heels. And I do have a tr- very troublesome Achilles heel. You heels. do. You mm-hmm. do, Day. Oh. So, found that fascinating. And then Pisces is the hands and the feet. This made me laugh. They love a foot massage and a mani-pedi. And this made me laugh even more. They are fleshy in the face. What does that even mean, fleshy in the face? Fuck knows, but it sounds super cute, actually. <laughs> so those were That was a compilation of what I found from those different articles. Again, all the resources are in the show notes. And that is why when it's full moon in Capricorn, we say pay attention to your skeleton. And when it's full moon in Aries, pay attention to your brain, right? Because of and that. And full moon in Scorpio, pay attention to your anus. Anus. Oh, I love that, Dee. Thank you so much. So I didn't really answer the why question very much, but I did give you some indication of what people's thoughts were and just how much research is going on into how the moon is affecting us. So clearly, because research is not cheap, clearly people think that there is it, that it's worth looking at and, and that there's loads more for us to learn about it. So I can't wait to see what comes out in the future about Amazing. how this moon affects us. Before we start sending more people to it and talking about like civilizations on the moon and so forth, that you probably need to study this a bit more, you know, what is the effect of it? <laughs> and basically, I think the main thing is if you get any kind of pleasure from the moon, then just enjoy it. If you notice personally that you get affected in any which way by the moon, and you know, we we have in our lunar planner ways of tracking your influence, the, the influence of the moon based on the, the lunar phases and so forth, then just note that that's just you personally. And it doesn't matter what scientists in 1700s China have found out about the link between the moon and mental health. If you know that you struggle to sleep on a full moon, then... Acknowledge you're not it. the only one either. <laughs> you're not the only one. Acknowledge it and that that's just you and try to accommodate it and work around it, right? Definitely. Oh, I lovely moon. Hey. We've got our Halloween episode coming up. And again, Tracy's yeah. coming back. We've got a few few plans in the works, haven't we? We so. do. Watch this space. You will hear this 12-year-old voice again, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time? <laughs> when I was sitting in the living room and you came to drop something off at my house and Paul answered the door and I, I didn't remember you were coming around or I didn't know you were coming around. And I was sitting on the door uh, on the sofa thinking, who's that? Why is Paul talking to a young boy on the doorstep for so long? <laughs> How rude everyone, hey. And to paint the picture, like <laughs> I think I'd just finished work, gone home, got in my oh. jogging bottoms, had no makeup on, and had like my woody hat on because no, it was really cold. I didn't see you. I could just hear you. <laughs> oh. Just your voice. That's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> but don't yeah I, I will hopefully you'll have me back and we'll do that some more exciting projects together we oh, will sure so keep an eye out halloween special coming up soon and yeah. season three will come along and loads of fun new interesting things and check out what we're doing on we knew the moon.co.uk bye, <laughs> bye. Yeah. if you enjoyed that and you want more from us why don't you head over to our patreon page patreon.com forward slash we knew the moon 
and check out some bonus content. Also, if you want to stay up to date, you can follow us on our Facebook page at we.new.sir.moon. If you could leave us a review on our Facebook page, that would mean a lot. Our Instagram handle is the same as our Facebook, at we.new.the.moon. We are on Twitter at WeKnewTheMoon1. And we are also on Pinterest. Just search for We Knew the Moon. Finally, if you want lots more fun, moon info, and all things spiritual, plus our lovely shop, please visit our website, wekneewthemoon.co.uk. 